Look to this day, for it is life, the very life of life. In its brief course lie all the verities and realities of your existence, the bliss of growth, the glory of action, the splendor of beauty. For yesterday is but a dream and tomorrow is only a vision but today, well lived, makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Look well, therefore, to this day. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Our opening words, look to this day, they were written by Kalidas, a fifth century Sanskrit poet of the fifth century AD, and they bid each and every one of you welcome here to this Sunday gathering in the virtual realm of Zoom in mid-January in the year 2021. Our service title today is Feeling Good? And that's feeling good followed by a question mark. Because, well, I imagine that some of us, many of us perhaps, are not feeling at our best as we live through this time of pandemic, which started way back in March in that lovely spring weather. And now we find ourselves in a January that's often cold and wet. And still, we must keep our distance and restrict our movements in order to keep one another safe. And we gather apart and yet together with others Gathering as people always have done to bring one another good cheer, to support one another, to rekindle connections forged by love. And so we are here on this January morning, bringing as we must do all the stuff of our lives, our joys and worries, our feelings of emptiness and fullness, happiness, sadness, determination perhaps, uncertainty, it's all here now with us, isn't it? For we carry life with us, precious cargo and great burden as it may feel at different times. So I invite you all now to take a conscious breath and to take this moment to acknowledge to yourself how you're feeling at this moment. 
let's each of us think of the journey that's brought us here. That's a life journey that reminds us it's worth getting up and gathering with others and that life has more to offer when it's shared with others. And let's remind ourselves and in doing so remind others that all are welcome here, whoever you are, however you are, whatever has brought you here, let's, let's encourage one another to be who we truly are here in community, one with another. And our online community of Kensington Unitarians is created not just by those who are with us this morning here on Zoom, but also by a goodly bunch of podcast listeners around the world. And also those who will be watching this gathering on a video sometime in the future. So a warm welcome goes out to you, future listeners. And for those of you who are here now, do please join in this gathering in a way that's right for you. There's uh, Jenny mentioned that there'll be a chance to light candles and uh, later to sing a hymn, but it's fine simply to sit back and listen. And though we love to see your faces, I know for some people it's more restful to turn off your video. So do what feels right for you. And as I light our chalice flame, it's connecting us with a worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist community. May this flame remind us of our human need for one another. May this flame represent our yearning for the warmth of companionship. For we're social creatures, aren't we? And we're nourished by one another. May this flame, made sacred by the meaning we bring to it, also signify our remarkable human ability to go beyond ourselves and sense that each of us is part of a far greater life force running through all existence. We need never feel alone. So let's each of us do what works best for us to get ourselves in the right state of body and mind. Maybe find a position that helps you focus. Close your eyes or soften your gaze whatever encourages you to be fully present with yourself, with each other, and with that larger presence which holds us all. As we join together in a time of prayer and reflection, blessed and inspired by the spirit of life and love, I invite you, if this is possible for you, to find a feeling of gratitude in your heart right now. Even if life is treating you harshly at this time, is there something for which you can say to yourself, thank you, I am grateful for this. And in the midst of life's challenges for ourselves individually and our global community collectively, can we still find moments of feeling good, almost despite everything? Some little joy, some sense of hope, some small humorous occurrence perhaps, or some kindness shown 
tiny shoots of new spring growth in the midst of winter. And how shall we listen to the stories of our world community this day? How best might we expand our thinking beyond right and wrong, beyond goodies and baddies, beyond our preferences and our opinions and need to take sides to a deeper understanding that knows that place where we are all one, all expressions of one light, one love, one humanity, the remarkable diversity amidst our oneness. And what causes stir us to want to stand up against the crowds of indifference and apathy? What inspires us to shout out to one another the reminder that we could be more than this, that humanity could live so much more beautifully and generously? In a brief time of stillness now, I invite us to direct the thoughts and prayers of our hearts to those we hold in love, as well as those we find more difficult to love, even those we disapprove of or fear, perhaps. And may we truly understand love's ability to transcend all differences. And may that transcending love found in each of our hearts help in the healing of our world this day and all days. And to that aspiration, let us, if we so wish, each say, Amen. That so may it be. And now um, let me hand over to David Talbot, who has today's reading for us. It's about our human ability to experience a sense of awe and wonder in life. And that's awe as in awesome. Awe. Journalist and author Oliver Berkman is well known for writing about the ways we might live more fulfilled lives in an age of bewilderment as he describes life today. I'm going to read just a few extracts from an article he wrote about feelings of awe and wonder, headlined Awe, the powerful emotion with strange and beautiful effects. Berkman starts by describing a recent incident where he got lost while hiking in the French Pyrenees. He knew he wasn't seriously lost, he still had a functioning phone with him, but he was, and I quote, just lost enough to feel the first frisson of something like fear, enough to be reminded that mountain ranges are very large and solid things, whereas I am tiny and fragile and that it takes a vanishing small amount of effort on the part of a mountain range to kill a human. Berkman's article goes on. I say something like fear, 
Incidentally, because the experience wasn't wholly unpleasant, the frisson had a distinctly pleasurable component. Actually, there's a word for this combination of terror, euphoria, and smallness in the face of vastness, which constitutes the oddest and least understood of emotions, awe. If you're anything like me, you probably don't need psychological research to convince you that you need more awe in your life. Merely watching the BBC's Planet Earth or the film The Cave of the Forgotten Dreams ought to do the trick. But here's some psychological research for you anyway. A recently published study found that feeling awe in the face of overwhelming natural environments is associated with more pro-social behaviors of generosity and kindness. In one part of the study, participants who spent time looking upwards at high eucalyptus trees were more likely to help a researcher who had dropped some equipment than those who looked at a building. In another, watching clips from planet Earth triggered more altruistic attitudes. By diminishing the emphasis on the individual self, researcher Paul Piff was quoted as saying, or may encourage people to forego strict self-interest to improve the welfare of others. Perhaps it's not surprising that awe has strange effects on us. After all, it's a pretty strange phenomenon. The late psychologist Paul Pearsall who did much to campaign for its recognition as an additional official emotion alongside, alongside mainstream psychology's accepted ones, Pearsall noted that awe cannot be categorized as wholly negative or positive. The mixture of the two is fundamental. Awe isn't provoked only by experiences we'd categorize as positive. Glorious natural scenes prompt awe but so can the recognition of mortality brought about by the diagnosis of a potentially fatal disease. Pro-social attitudes were associated with awe felt in the presence of natural beauty and natural disasters, both are vivid reminders of the smallness of the individual self. I admit to feeling a little ambivalence about the burgeoning psychological research on awe, which has been found to boost creativity improve physical immunity and enhance the sense of having an abundance of time. I can't help but feel a tension between awe itself predicated on humility in the face of ungraspable vastness and the attempt to pin that vastness down to render it tame by understanding it. That said, most of us spend much of our lives trying in one way or another to get the world under control to make reality predictable and explicable and non-intimidating. So it probably can't hurt to have researchers remind us of, of the vast emotional rewards that come from realizing we never will. Thank you for that, David. So we've come now to a time of meditation. So you might like to just get a bit of a stretch and, and get as comfortable as you can. I know some people like to switch their cameras off at this point, or maybe even have a lie down, or really enjoy that feeling of your feet flat on the floor if you're sitting. Enjoy that sense of 
Mother Earth there beneath us, holding us steady, anchoring us. Maybe close your eyes or gently focus on the chalice flame that we'll be showing in a bit in the video after these introductory words. Our service theme today, as I said, is feeling good. And after a few words from me, we'll be holding a minute in silence together. And then we'll be hearing our friend Benji Del Rosario playing the jazz classic with that title, made famous by Nina Simone. As Benji plays his lovely slow and gentle clarinet version of this song, you might like to think of, of what feeling good is for you. But as always, with our Unitarian activities, feel free to think your own thoughts and to meditate in uh, your own way. Ours are just suggestions. So let's settle ourselves for meditation, allowing the gentle rhythm of our breathing to calm and still us as I read those feeling good lyrics that you might know. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me and I'm feeling good. Fish in the sea, you know how I feel. River running free, you know how I feel. Blossom on the tree, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me and I'm feeling good. Stars when you shine, you know how I feel. Scent of the pine, you know how I feel. Oh, freedom is mine and I know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life and I'm feeling good.
Well, I wonder, I wonder how you've been feeling this week. If you had to place your mood on a scale of naught to 10, I wonder what number you'd choose to describe how you've been feeling. Have you been in very much one sort of a mood or have you been experiencing those oh so human roller coaster rides of highs and lows? Your mood swinging according to circumstances and even the weather, both internal weather and external. Here in London, it's been quite grey and cold and wet a lot of the time, but with occasional beautiful sunshine like this morning. And that makes me so aware of, of how light affects me because, ah, have you noticed some of the sunsets we've been having in recent weeks? Beautiful. So our theme today is feeling good with a question mark. And that Nina Simone song that we heard Benji playing for our meditation just now, that song's been with me all week. It started with a documentary that I watched about Nina Simone's life. Hers is a, is a very moving life story and I'd recommend the documentary to you. You might know that she'd wanted to um, study classical music. She was a fine classical pianist from an early age. But in those days, getting a place at a prestigious music college, that wasn't easy for a young black woman. And indeed, Simone's life was filled with challenges of one sort or another, not least of which being her own mental health. But what a performer, what remarkable talent. In the documentary, we heard her and saw her performing Feeling Good at the height of her powers and at the height of her popularity. Well, popularity in some circles anyway. She became very involved with the civil rights movement in the United States. And that song, Feeling Good, it, be it um, became one of their anthems, proclaiming as it does the joy of freedom, the freedom of rivers and birds and humans, if they're allowed to be free, if they're allowed to have those equal rights. And the documentary also showed Simone at a, a later stage of her life when things were tough and she was scraping a living playing in jazz clubs in Paris. When she played Feeling Good then, it, well, it sounded more like feeling good with a question mark. Feeling good, knowing all too well how easy it is to feel bad, to feel very low indeed, yet with that ability to find moments of joy and energy, even in the direst of circumstances. In that reading we heard from David earlier on when Oliver Berkman is describing our human experience of awe in moments both wonderful and terrible, I knew what he meant. Haven't many of us had have, have had life experiences that have been shocking, frightening, life-changing, not in a good way, and yet we've still experienced that sense of transcendence of being taken out of our small selves and experiencing that moment when we know ourselves to be tiny, insignificant, and yet, oh, yet part of something so much greater than ourselves, part of life itself. Now, some of us joined St. Ethelburgers the other week for their soul space service, and we were so moved when their chaplain, Dave Tomlinson, read us this piece that I'm going to read for you from the work of Viktor Frankl. 
Viktor Frankl was imprisoned by the Nazis. He lived to tell us of, of his experiences. And he worked as a psychotherapist with a particular interest in our human search for meaning and purpose in life. Here is how Dave Tomlinson introduced the piece. Viktor Frankl tells, of us, tells us of an afternoon in one of the camps when the men had tramped back from their work site and were lying sick and exhausted and hungry in their barracks. It was winter and they'd marched through a cold and dispiriting rain. Suddenly, one of the men had burst into the barrack and shouted for the others to come outside. Reluctantly, but sensing the urgency of the man's voice, they stirred themselves and staggered into the courtyard. The rain had stopped and a bit of sunlight was breaking through under the lumpy leaden clouds. And it was reflecting on the little pools of water standing about on the concrete floor of the courtyard. We stood there, Frankel said, marvelling at the goodness of the creation. We were tired and cold and sick. We were starving to death. We'd loved our lost ones and never expected to see them again. Yet there we stood, feeling a sense of reverence as old and as formidable as the world itself. I don't know about you, but, but well, that description reminds me that I too have some of that ability, the possibility of, of really feeling in the very core of my being such a moment as, as sunlight reflected in puddles of rainwater in these difficult times that we're experiencing. Because let's not pretend otherwise, these are difficult times for many of us. Fortunate though we may know our lives to be, and a long, long way away from that uh, concrete yard outside the barracks of a concentration camp. <sighs> so if there's a message here today, I think it's that we must do what we can to notice and appreciate moments of awe and wonder. Let's share those moments with others, because they can be shared a bit, I think. Having read Viktor Frankl's description of the setting sunlight in those puddles in the concrete, I will be on the lookout for sunshine in the week ahead, just in case it does manage to break through the crowds. And I wanted to share with you now two moments that I've recently had that, that lifted my spirits. The first is um, what I'm now calling a weasel moment. And a weasel is indeed now appearing on our screens. Now, this actually isn't my weasel, because I don't know if you're aware just how incredibly quickly weasels move. They're notoriously hard to photograph. But on a, week, on a walk by the Thames in Essex last week, I think we saw two weasels darting in and out of the rocks on the foreshore. And one of those weasels that we saw on that walk, it took just a second or two to stop and look at us. A bit like this weasel is looking at us now, with beady-eyed curiosity and ears cocked forward. 
talking to other people subsequently, I now realize how fortunate I have been in life because this is my third weasel moment. I'm, even if you haven't seen a weasel, I hope that all of us in the week ahead can enjoy some precious moment of connection with the creatures that we share this planet Earth with. And our next slide shows another creature. And this is one you're less likely to encounter here in London because it's a Sulawesi warty pig. And it, this picture shows my favorite news story of the week. Did you read about this in the news perhaps? This is a, a life-size image. Well, this is a photo of a life-size image. It's been found in a cave on a remote Indonesian island. And the image is said to be some 45,000, 45 and 500,000 years old. It's the oldest example of representational art that's been found on this planet so far. Oh, when I read this story, I was taken back to our ancient ancestors who took the time and the trouble to draw a life-size warty pig on a wall in a cave. So beautifully, so realistically, and so well that it's lasted all these years. The length of time between that artist and us. That artist who, can you see them? Those two carefully created handprints up on the wall to the left of the pig. Those handprints, they were made by spraying pigment around a hand placed high up on a wall in a cave. Well, this all engenders a sense of awe in me. It puts the struggles of our time into perspective. It helps me to feel good. And my hope for all of us is that we'll all have some of those feeling good moments in the week ahead. Amen. So it's um, time for us to sing now. Our hymn today is a cheering one. It's seeking the energies of our planet Earth home to help us through our days. It's sung to a Scottish folk tune. And this week we're going to follow the singing of David Kent from Leicester Unitarians. Now the words are gonna move around the screen a bit from one side to the middle. So you might just need to move your little row of faces if you can still see some of us when we share a video with you. And as always here on Zoom, we're all going to be muted. So you can sing out loud um, if you want, or well, why not simply sit back and listen if you'd prefer. Spirit of earth, root, stone, and tree, water of life flowing in me, keeping me stable, nourishing me, oh, fill me with living energy. Spirit of nature, healing and free. Spirit of love, expanding in me. Spirit of life, breathe deeply in. 
softly draw near Open my heart, lessen my fear Sing of compassion, help me to hear Oh, fill me with loving energy Spirit of nature, healing and free Spirit of love, expanding in me Spirit of life, breathe deeply in me Inspire me with living energy Spirit of life, you are my song Sing in my soul all my life long Gladden and guide me, keep me from wrong Oh, fill me with sacred energy Spirit of nature, healing and free Spirit of love, expanding in me Spirit of life, breathe deeply in me Inspire me with living energy Inspire me with living energy Well, thanks to uh, Jenny and John for the vital uh, tasks of hosting today. We've uh, We've got lots of people to thank in these announcements to David Talbot for our reading. Thanks to uh, Leicester Unitarians and David Kent for their help with music today. And to Benji Del Rosario for playing Feeling Good and Abby Lurimier for recording our closing music today. As ever, there are a number of opportunities to connect congregationally in the week ahead. There's a coffee morning on 10.30 uh, at 10.30 on Tuesday. There's Heart and Soul. Uh, the theme is Be Not Afraid this week. And there are just a few spaces available for tonight, I think. Friday's fully booked, but do contact Jane if you really want to go in case she can squeeze you in. Anyone new to Heart and Soul is especially welcome. And do make a note of the uh, next West London Green Spirit Group gathering. That's at 3 p.m. on Monday, the 1st of February, when we'll be marking the um, Celtic Spring Festival of Imolk honouring the goddess through St Brigide and her holy wells, hope, helping us to connect with our own wellsprings of hope and inspiration. Do stay if you can for um, coffee and a chat after the service. We'll be doing that in a whole group today rather than in breakout rooms. And at the end of the service, we like to take a photo. So do stick around for that if you don't mind. Um, we'll be back again next Sunday on Zoom at 10 a.m. for a congregational service. That's on the theme of Something Changed, led by Jane Blackall, with reflections by our very own Brian Ellis, John Humphreys and Veronica Nieder. And it's fine to invite your friends and share the Zoom link with people that you trust. So we've got some closing uh, words now, and I suggest that we all move to gallery view.
let's let's take a moment to have a look round have a look around at each other in this community let's have that sense of uh, connectedness in community as we close so I extinguish our chalice flame. And yet the warmth of this community travels onwards within the hearts of each and every one of us, if we so choose. Let's take a moment to sense the connections that can stay with us through the week ahead, reminding us that life is a precious gift and that sparks of awe and wonder can be lit in the least promising of circumstances. It is our awareness in the present moment that can illuminate the darkest of times, can help us discover wellsprings of possibility and resilience within ourselves, and remind us once more of the miracle of consciousness, the miracle of life and love. Amen. Go well, all of you in the week ahead, and blessed be. Thank you.